0: Hello, and welcome to the Landis Cooperative Experience podcast featuring the Bull Bear Banter. We all know that markets often behave in a way that can't easily be explained. The Bull Bear Banter is our best effort to digest the noise of the marketplace. So thank you for joining us. Sit back, relax, and let's talk about the markets. Hi, this is Tom Guinan. Happy May Day, or as my grandkids call it, Ding Dong Dash Day. Cheyenne Dunham will be joining us in a little bit, but first I'll recap the corn and soybean markets. July corn lost one and a half on Friday, finishing at 3.18 and a half. That's down four and a half for the week. December corn lost a half on Friday, but ending at the same place as last week, 3.36 and three quarters. July soybean futures were down five and three quarters at the close to 8.49 and a half. That is up ten for the week. November beans lost two and three quarters on Friday, closing at 8.55, but gaining thirteen and a half from last week. As far as our big story of the week, a couple of interesting things happened in the corn market this week. Perhaps you missed them. On Wednesday, May corn futures traded to a new low of $3.25, just below the 301 number that was set about a week earlier. The good news was that it stayed above that psychological $3 level and eventually ended the day over 304. And then on Thursday, we had a nice little rally in corn, with May climbing to just over 313, which is up about nine cents at one point. Nothing to get overly excited about, but it was good to see it trade in the green all day long. Part of the support came from rumors of China being in the market buying soybeans, and part came from it being the last day of the month with traders taking some profits and getting out of some of their short positions. And then Friday came along, and on that first day of May, we're back to red numbers all day. Crude oil, mostly lower. Stock market lower. Corn, wheat, and soybeans all finishing lower. So with that, let's move on to more bull bear factors.
1: Alright, Tom, so looking for our bull factors for corn, first of all, China has increased issuance of low tariff corn imports as their state reserves shrink. Also, I think something we've been concerned with and keeping a close eye on this week is watching that U.S. corn futures price and hoping and praying it doesn't dip below $3 because we've gotten pretty close here a couple times. So one of the things we keep an eye on to gauge the possibility of that happening is we took a look at the world course grains stock to use ratio and that would have to grow to at least 25% before US corn dips below $3 a bushel. To give you an idea, we're currently at 20.6% and the last time it was above 30% was in the 80's. So Something to kind of take with a grain of salt. Obviously, we have a lot going on in the world right now. There's obviously concern about whether or not our processing plants are gonna be able to remain open and what happens to those animals in the meantime if they are forced to close. You know, are we gonna be euthanizing these animals? Are we gonna be feeding them a little bit longer, trying to hold on until things open back up? All of this is going to play into how much grain is used for animal feed. So we're going to be keeping an eye on that, seeing if there are any major changes, but just something to have in the back of your mind. There are other, other elements that are factoring into these futures prices right now. Looking at corn exports, in recent weeks, the weekly corn exports have bested last year's pace. However, in the first half of the marketing year, that 1920 weekly corn exports were on average just over 32% lower than the previous five-year average. And finally, with states starting to reopen, are we going to see an uptick in fuel consumption? U.S. gasoline demand rebounded last week over half a million barrels per day from the previous week. We're continuing to move higher from the low we saw the first week of April.
0: On the bear side for corn, as of last Sunday, the U.S. corn crop was 27% planted, compared to 12% at this time last year, and there seems to be no signs of slowing down. I think everyone expects a big jump when we see next Monday's report, especially for the state of Iowa. Early indications point to another big crop again this fall. If trendline yields are realized, we could be swimming in the largest corn crop on record at over 15.3 billion bushels. 95% of corn seed purchased has already been delivered, making it harder for farmers to switch more acres to beans. While last week's export shipments were strong at 42.4 million bushels and up from the previous week of 27.5, we continued to lag last year. We're currently 36% behind that pace, and the USDA has us pegged with only a 16% reduction will need to maintain a number above 40 million every week to hit their projection. Ethanol production dropped again last week, down to 158 million gallons. And at this point, we expect about 3.5 billion gallons of ethanol to be taken off of the market this year. Ethanol stocks did drop a little as well for the first time in five weeks, but they still remain above a billion gallons, or said another way, 16% above this time last year.
1: On the soybean side for bull factors, we finally saw the bean market show and hold some strength on Thursday, primarily on rumors of buying interest from China. And speaking of which, soybean export sales were also up this week at 1.078 million metric tons, with China buying over 57% of the week's old crop total. And that was up 213% for the week on week and 332% above last year's sales for the same time frame. So, you know, we always like to talk about sales versus inspections. They're not the same thing, but it is a start. It's something to focus on that's positive. Also, there were reports of strong anhydrous ammonia demand this spring, which leads us to believe that farmers are serious about planting that 97 million acres of corn, which is going to be a positive for our bean market.
0: On the bear factors for soybeans, as of last Sunday, the U.S. soybean crop is 8% planted compared to 2% at this time last year, and it sure feels like we'll see that jump again in Monday's report. I've heard from several farmers that don't remember ever being done this soon with corn and this close to being done on soybeans. Brazil and Argentina soybean estimates remain unchanged with large crops. As relations continue to deteriorate between U.S. and China, I wonder if China will continue to look to South America for as much of their soy needs as Brazil and Argentina can supply, regardless of price and the Phase 1 agreement.
1: On our What to Watch for in upcoming events, May 12th is going to be our next WASDE report. We're likely to see a revision of the USDA's estimate for ethanol demand after the last four weeks of low corn usage. And finally, the general feel on planting progress is we are well ahead of schedule, so we're not going to be keeping an even closer eye on weather patterns as we head into the growing season. With no cure for low prices in sight, producers are going to be relying on high yields to help make up the difference in these low prices.
0: And now on to Tom's take. Recently I've been thinking about a comment I made to my oldest daughter several years ago. As a little backstory, Angie plays the piano, and I have fond memories of listening to her practicing in the basement while I was upstairs watching TV or doing something around the house. Many times, I'd just stop everything I was doing and quietly open the basement door and just listen as she played. I've always told myself that I'd like to learn a musical instrument. In fact, I told her that several years ago and when I decided it was time to get serious. So my wife and I bought a piano for me to learn on, and there it sits, gathering dust. I've made a half-hearted attempt to start a couple of times. I bought some books. I watched a couple of videos on YouTube. I thought about it. I talked about it a lot. But I'm still nowhere near a place where anyone would confuse me with somebody that actually plays a piano. Lately, I've been wondering, will this be the year? Will I actually be able to play some simple tune a year from now? I hope so. I want to. I just really need to get around to it. That got me to thinking about a farmer that I've gotten to know well during the past 30-plus years. We used to run into each other at our kids' sporting events and other school events, graduations, that kind of thing. For quite a while now, he's told me that he would really like to get better at marketing his grain. He's sort of come to the realization that he can't grow his way out of the situation he's in. If only he was better at marketing grain, things would be better. He bought the book. He went to the marketing meeting once or twice. He watched a video or two. But when we talk about marketing alternatives, he still gets a little glassy-eyed about some concepts. I talked to him earlier this week since I didn't get to see him at any graduations this year. I asked him what he's been up to. How was his winter? He told me he spent a lot of time figuring out how to grow more and improve his yields. He's really excited about that part, and he's really good at it too. And he's even getting better. But he also tells me he's no further ahead financially than he was 5, 10, 15 years ago. When I ask about grain marketing, he still says he's planning to get around to it. I feel for him. And I said, well, I've heard that before. Then he asks me about the piano. So we made a bet. Mother's Day is coming up. How about one year from now, by Mother's Day 2021, will I be able to play two tunes on a piano? One year from now, will he be able to hold a conversation with me about two marketing alternatives that he's learned about and used and understood? Will he be able to tell me what worked well and why? I'm really not sure which one of us to bet on. I've been working in my basement for the better part of two months now literally 20 feet from that piano. I walk by it several times a day and I still can't quite tell you a C note from a G. Maybe it's time to get around to it. So what about you? Do you want to get serious about learning about marketing alternatives this year? If you do, let me know. Let's set up a time to talk and start working on learning one or two. Just drop an email to podcast at landiscooperative.com. Then I'll have even more reasons to learn to play that piano. What do you say? Is it time to get around to it? Well, in conclusion, we appreciate you joining us for the Bull Bear Banter. If you'd like to contact us, you can send a tweet to at Landis Co-op or just drop an email to podcast at Landiscooperative.com. Our tagline is Bears Make Money, Bulls Make Money, and Pigs Just Go to Market. If you have any questions regarding grain marketing decisions, please reach out to your area grain marketing advisor. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with you again next week.